Hello and welcome back to the Heart and Soul podcast. This is Madeline back again here today. And today I want to talk about the best destinations for first time travelers. Now, going to a new country can be terrifying in a lot of ways. But something that I want to bring to the table and something that I want to talk about is that it's really not that scary and it's only as scary as you make it to be. For me, I find when it what makes it scary makes it fun and a huge reason for this is language barriers or people are just totally completely different and these countries that i'm going to list for that would be good destinations for your first time traveling they i did experience a little bit of discomfort because that is just something that goes along with traveling these experiences were totally different and new however It wasn't too terrifying. It was definitely doable and a lot of fun. So a huge reason of why traveling can be complicated and difficult is the language barrier. And the majority of the countries I'm going to list, they speak very good English, which is a huge upside to all these countries because it is very challenging when you're working with language barriers. And even when you are going to these countries, you're still dealing with language barriers and they can be pretty big language barriers. So yeah, I'm just going to get started. My first country that I wanted to talk about is kind of an obvious one. And this one is our neighboring country of Canada. Canada was my first country that I've ever been to. I just went with my dad and my grandpa and we um, just drove around, have done different things. I live about like two hours away from the Canadian border to Alberta. And so I've gone back and forth to Canada a couple of times. Really, I've only done British Columbia and Alberta. And the differences of Canada and the United States are not very big. You really don't feel like you're in a different country. It's kind of funny considering Canada as an entirely separate country because the people are so similar to us. Um, There's really no accent. There's a subtle accent that the people living there have. Um, But the Canadians are very nice and very friendly Um, the landscape of what Canada looks like, at least in the Western region, is very similar to what it looks like for where I live. Like I said, I really just drive two hours to cross the border. Um, there's lots of areas to see. There's lots of driving that you can do. You can also have more of a European experience, but it's less scary than Europe because it's not Europe and it's still where English is very predominant. You can go to East Canada where it's a lot more European, like Quebec City or Montreal. I've been to neither of them, but they're definitely on my list. And it would be really fun to be able to, com- to compare those cities compared to Europe, European cities. And yeah, like I said, there's really just some small differences, including the currency It was interesting when I drove to Canada because I was driving and I really, I just crossed the border and the speed limit is different because it's using kilometers and that was a little bit weird to get used to because you feel like you haven't even gone to a different country, but you are and you have to deal with the different metric system and other things like that. 
My next country that I'll talk about is the United Kingdom, which is the second country I've ever been to. It was my first big international trip where I took a, an international flight over the Atlantic and I took this trip with my mom. And the United Kingdom, obviously, they speak English, that is their native language, but I, my mom and I, we just visited England. We were only in London and did a couple of day trips from there. The United Kingdom is basically set up for tourism. So there's lots of day trips that you can do. Um, the, there's a bus system. There's a metro system that's extremely easy to use. London is a very walkable city. And the people are really there to help you. And like I said, it's set up for tourism because that is huge for this city. So if you want to take any trips, like I took a trip to Windsor Castle. It's really easy to get set up and you really just hop on the bus and you get there. It is something that is very easy. Um, and it was a great introduction to the f my first real international experience outside of the United States. Um, the next country that I would like to talk about is one of my favorites just because it, it holds a special place in my heart. It is Iceland and I spent a couple days in Iceland. Um, it's a great way if you are on your way to Europe, Iceland there has a special option where you can choose to stay the night and do a, like a night stopover or a two night stopover in the city of Reykjavik and be able to spend some time there while you're on your way to Europe. I was actually planning on going to Germany this past March and I had a stopover on the way there in Iceland and on the way back and I was really excited to go back because I'd be doing more of a solo trip. I was planning on renting a car and driving all around the island. M one of my friends, she got a bus tour and just took the bus and went all around the island and got off at the certain stops. Iceland is a great place to explore and it's a great safe place for solo traveling if that's what you wanted to do. Like I said, renting a car is very easy. Getting on a bus is very easy. You originally fly into the Keflavik airport, which is not in Reykjavik. You have to take a bus from the Keflavik airport to Reykjavik. However, it is very easy to do. They speak English very well. Um, and Reykjavik is a beautiful city. There's museums. There's a lot of walking around to do. The city is really cute. But more than that, more than just w what Reykjavik has to offer, Iceland has a lot more to offer as well. And I didn't get to experience much of the natural wonders that Iceland has. I mean, they have the geothermal pools, they have the Blue Lagoon, they have like volcanoes and geysers and stuff like that. There's all kinds of stuff to do, especially if you rent a car. When you rent a car, you have all the freedom in the world. My next country that I want to talk about is this might be one of my most memorable trips and experiences, and that is Singapore. I actually went to Singapore to meet my uncle. He was working there for about a or he yeah, he was working there for like a week, so I went there for about 5 days. And he was really just working and I flew there by myself. 
I did a lot of stuff just by myself. I did a lot of walking around and exploring the city just by myself. And honestly, like when I look back, I remember not feeling nervous at all. And this didn't even seem very crazy to me. I wasn't anxious about it. And I think that is just how Singapore is. It is a foreign experience that is for sure. Um, However, it is not that scary. It is a very metropolitan and modern city. There's lots to explore. There's lots of shopping malls. Really, it was so hot when I was there that if I was trying to get from one place to the other, I could get there through shopping malls. It is very comfortable and familiar feeling while also giving you a pretty intense Asian experience. There's different cultures that are in Singapore and that was what was so interesting and so fun for me to check out because in Singapore there's mostly three different cultural influences and that's the Chinese, Malay, and Indian influences and so therefore the food of all these three branches of culture or everywhere there's different neighborhoods for each of these places there's different places of worship for each of these cultures so like for example i went to a hindu temple a buddhist temple and the sultan mosque all in one day and those are three entirely different cultures entirely different religions but i'm seeing it in one day just on foot i just walked around and did that all by myself that was what I loved about Singapore is there's so much culture. Singapore is a city and a country and so you really do it all when you're just there. There's also Gardens by the Bay which is probably my still to this day my favorite place I have ever been to and this is what you see on Crazy Rich Asians with the super trees and the different the two different domes with um, really cool plants inside like the cloud forest and the other garden and there's just so much to do that could occupy me for an entire day and night it is really the coolest thing I've ever seen and that was why I really loved Singapore so much to do so much food to eat there's markets like I said there's shopping there's just no shortage of things to do in Singapore the next country is another Asian country and One of my favorite countries, actually, I think Singapore and Japan tie because they were amazing experiences for me. And so Japan, the people mostly speak English. However, I think out of all these countries, I would say the people aren't as good at English as the other countries. But however, that really, really doesn't matter the people are truly the nicest people I have ever met. I came across some complicated experiences. I was traveling there with my friend Olivia. Shout out to Olivia. She's probably listening to this. But we were in Japan and trying to get to the airport. We did not have enough money. And the woman who was working at the metro was trying to help us. And she was so sweet and so helpful and we were kind of confused with Japanese yen and the currency and how much uh, one metro ticket was going to cost for us to get to the airport and we had set our bags down and the woman brought us to the counter 
And so she's helping us with our money, um, helping us figure it out. And I turn around to check on my bags just to make sure that they're still there. No one's stolen them. And another man who was working in the metro was guarding our bags for us. And we didn't even ask for that. It was really the sweetest thing It was that I was not expecting. And so, like I'm saying, the Japanese people are always there to help, even if you're really struggling with the language barrier. Because that was what was happening between Olivia and I and the woman. The metro system is somewhat confusing. I will say that it was kind of hard for Olivia and I to figure out. And we've done metros like for years in different cities and we were kind of struggling, but we did eventually figure it out. But honestly, getting lost in Japan is not the end of the world. We ended up exploring and seeing other parts of Japan that we weren't even trying to go see. I'm talking about Tokyo specifically, by the way. Um, Tokyo is also a very metropolitan city. There's lots of neighborhoods to explore. Um, there's the Shibuya crosswalk, which has tons of people. And that was just really cool to see with the diagonal crosswalks. And Tokyo and Japan really is a great cultural experience for a first time traveler. There's the most amazing food. Japanese food is actually my favorite cuisine. I think there's Sushi restaurants, ramen, udon, Japanese curry. Um, one place that we went to was an izakaya, which is like a Japanese pub. And we went inside, took off our shoes, and we sat on the floor. And we had some fresh fish and um, sake out of a like a bamboo tube or shoot, yeah. And it was a really cool cultural experience that was so fun for uh, Olivia and me and for the friends that we were meeting up with. Additionally, Japan has some of the fastest fastest bullet trains in the world and you can easily get to other cities. I was trying to actually go to Kyoto with Olivia and it ended up not working out because our flight got delayed, our trip got cut short by two days, but you can easily do day trips outside of Tokyo and for not that expensive and take the bullet train. So my next destination is Australia, and obviously Australia is a great first destination because it they speak English. And I remember my first trip to Australia, I it was interesting when I landed because I'm like, this is a, such a long way from home, and it isn't even that much different from the United States. It kind of felt like a California vibe. Um, I was in Sydney, for a couple of days and then I went up to Cairns and in the Queensland um, state and did the Great Barrier Reef and um, like a little sky tram over um, the jungle of Queensland and I got to hold a koala and look at the wildlife which was really fun and like I said they speak English Australians are very nice and helpful people um, Sydney is a very walkable city. Like I said, in Singapore, when I was walking alone, when my uncle was working, my uncle and I were in Australia because he lives in Sydney. And so he was working basically the entire time I was there. And I just went off on my own. They do, Australians do the best breakfast I've ever had. I think about that breakfast all the time. I recommend the avocado smash. Obviously that is like a staple in Australia and a flat white coffee that is what they do best they take their coffee seriously and 
I would just go and get my brekkie every morning with my coffee and it was very relaxing and fun and I would talk with the servers and the baristas. Everyone is very nice. Sydney and Australia is really set up for tourism. There's lots to do. Even in Sydney, there's museums, cultural events. I did the Sydney Bridge Climb by myself. Well, not by myself. I did it by myself with a group. Um, there's the zoo that's across the, um, the, what am I, the harbor. And that is actually cool to get to because you do have to take the ferry and the ferry is from, takes off from Circular Quay, which is the famous, um, dock that you get on for your, um, for your ferry to get to the other side. So it has amazing views of the opera house, of course. And, there's also the beach, obviously. I was there in the winter time, so I didn't get to go swimming. It was actually kind of cold. Um, but it wasn't terrible. It was about like 50 degrees and sunny, so it wasn't the worst thing. But you, I, the beaches are still beautiful, and when you're there in the winter time, there's not that many people there. So a beach walk that I did twice because it was just so beautiful and nothing like I had seen before is I took the bus to the beach that's called Coogee Beach and you just follow the path and it's called the Coogee to Bondi Beach Walk and so I'm the Bondi Beach is a very famous beach that I mean I a lot of people have probably heard of and so you just walk along the beach it took me uh, like maybe an hour to two hours just walking along um I just played some music and it was just really beautiful really fun sight to see my next country is Italy. So I went to Italy back in October, so a couple months ago, and I was there with two of my friends. I was, I was only in Rome, but it was my Rome is now probably one of my top cities as well. My friends and I had an amazing time, and this was just the the Italians are such nice people it not all of them are going to speak great English so we were kind of dealing with a little bit of um language barriers a little bit we were staying on the outskirts of Rome and so it was not very touristy and so that was more where we struggled with the um language barrier I would say that Italy is relatively safe it's very touristy um but I like something that needs to be watched out is like petty theft, pickpocketing, um, things like that. Just but it's going to be like that. No, actually, no matter where you go, um, Rome has amazing food. Obviously, I remember feeling like, oh, I've had like good Italian food before. I don't know how this is going to be any different. It is totally different. We had so much food like the entire time I felt like we were eating and the it's very cultural place i felt like i was taken back in time like millions of years or thousands of years i really did not feel like i was in the present it was really incredible like a very the most like historic place i have ever felt like i was a part of and a plus about Rome and Italy is it's not as expensive as other European countries are. For example, like France or the Netherlands. And actually, 
a good segue is my next country, which is the Netherlands. And this is my last country that I'll be talking about. Um, I went to the Netherlands and did, I didn't just do Amsterdam. I was staying outside um, with a couple of friends in The Hague is what it's called. And so, and it, The Hague is a train ride outside of Amsterdam. And our trip was mostly to go to Amsterdam, but as something to note is the lodging is very expensive in the Netherlands. I'm not really sure why, but especially in Amsterdam. So that's why we stayed outside, but it ended up working out really well because the Hague was actually really cool. There was a museum that I probably wouldn't have gone to if I wasn't staying in that city. Um, it, the museum is the, I think it's the Mauritius Museum, and that is where the girl with the pearl earring is, as well as a lot of other Dutch paintings, and Dutch paintings are actually among some of my favorites, so, um, they have, like, Rembrandt and other Vermeer paintings, and so that was really fun to be able to see. Um, the transportation in Amsterdam was very easy. Like I said, I wasn't even staying in Amsterdam, and we took the train in every single day, so, um, that was really easy. English is very widely spoken and their English is very good. There's like hardly even an accent that you can detect. Um, and Amsterdam is just beautiful to just walk around and there's just, there's just so many things to see. There's so many canals. I was thinking when I was going to go, oh, there's only going to be like one canal and there's going to be a million people just walking by it. No, the entire city is canals. And so there's, always something to look at there's always something new even if you think that you're on the same street as you were you're probably not um something to warn about is there's tons of bikers and they get mad if you're in their way so stay on the sidewalk and there's tons of museums if you're an art fan Amsterdam is a great place to go there's the Rijksmuseum and the Van Gogh Museum those are the two pretty big ones that I went to there's also the Anne Frank house which we could not get tickets to because we were a little bit too late but we did walk by it there's just so much to do in Amsterdam and the Netherlands and it's just it's easy to get around and like I said English is widely spoken and if English is widely spoken there's really there's some discomfort but there's really nothing to be worried about because you will figure out eventually where you're going to end up going but anyway that is all for my first um, first time traveler destinations I just thought that this would be pretty helpful for someone who wants to study abroad or just go abroad or move abroad or they're just thinking about it but the thought of it scares them I understand of why it would scare you however these countries are really not that scary and like I said this is just it's fun to experience these things so yeah thank you for listening and I'll see you next time